1: I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Now, there was a report earlier this week which suggested that home prices in Stouffville, Aurora, and Newmarket suffered the steepest declines in Ontario due to the fair housing controls implemented in 2017. What are your thoughts on these findings? So, the
2: areas mentioned in
1: this report, they were predominantly...
2: Detached homes in these areas. And what took the hardest hit? It was the detached Detached homes. homes. And that was because the, the measures that were introduced really took away buying power from the consumer. So even if it was 16 or or 20%, we've heard different numbers thrown around. If you reduce someone's buying power by 16 or 20% and they really want to buy a home, they're going to still be looking for townhouses or semis or condos. And what that did, it didn't really decrease the price of the actual homes, what it did was it it changed the mix. And when you change the mix, you know, I was thinking about this uh, when I was reading this article. It's like when you go to a grocery store and you can buy cashews for $18 for a can. And right beside them, there'll be a little can of cashews and it'll be $14. But it says 50% peanuts or it's got other nuts in it. So this whole conversation about housing is just nuts, if you want to call it. But <laughs> but but it's, it's the mix. You're changing the mix. And when you change the mix, it appears that that... Little can of cashews has dropped in price, but it really hasn't. It's there's just less cashews in it.
1: Okay, so one more story that needs your expert opinion. According to Money Sense magazine, there are about the top three places to buy real estate in York Region: Concord Vaughn, Sutton, and Jackson's Point in Georgina, and Vaughn Grove in Vaughn. What do you think? Again,
2: you know, a great great article, and if you think about Vaughn, you know, there's Concord Vaughn, there's there's Vaughn Grove. These are all surrounded by the news or surrounding the new subway lines, and it's attracting a lot of people in it. There's a lot of condos coming up in these areas too, so there's a lot of people flocking to these areas. You know, Sutton Jackson's Point in Georgina, they've they've shown tremendous growth, and and they've also had a drastic reduction in prices as well. Not a reduction, but there was less traffic going up there. Now that the the 404 goes right up there, you have a, a whole new value for this area because it's not the old Georgina or Sutton anymore.
1: So you weren't surprised that Georgina was included in these findings?
2: I wasn't at all because as you increase accessibility and the ease of, you know, accessing the city, it's going to have an influence where people will flock to those areas because, you know, there's something called drive till you qualify. And and people are driving out more because that's where they can qualify, but it's still easy for them to commute to the city.
1: When we come back, how home ownership is the key to long-term financial freedom. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The
0: Region.
1: You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties.
2: Thank you, Tina. Joining us next on the show is a 30-year veteran of the real estate industry in Toronto, Mark McLean. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Mark, instead of me telling your story, how about if you take us through a little bit of your history and your experience in real estate?
3: Sure. Uh, well, so as you said, I've been uh, been in the business for 30 years um, and I've had the opportunity to start a couple of companies. Uh, that led me to uh, down the road becoming the president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. That was about uh, three, four years ago now. Uh, and then I moved on to become the uh, a director at large at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Um, so, re- you know, really interesting journey for me. Uh, decided to sort of do less sales and more uh, involvement in organized real estate, uh, working at brokerages, um, you know, teaching agents, managing. Uh, that sort of thing much different to track
2: and that kind of encompasses all the different aspects of real estate I mean when you go from sales to you know the president of the real estate board which is when we we met right around there yep. and like all the different companies that you've ran since then it, it gives you a great perspective of what people really want in real estate
3: you know being being the president of the Toronto real estate board I was going out there with the very very simple message which is buy real estate this is this is how you build equity this is how you build long-term uh, reserves for for your money. And you're doing that in a tax-free environment. It's a really great idea. The other problem that we have, though, is this affordability crisis in the city. And that's really changed a lot. And I think what we need to do is really wrap our heads around the fact that, you know, our market is changing. We need to come up with bigger, better ideas on how we're going to to create occupancy and, and uh, tenancy in the in
1: And before the city. we jump ahead to those ideas, Mark, tell us what you've seen over the last 30 years. What was that market like? And what's, what do you see now? And have you seen this before?
3: Listen. The, the real estate market has been very solid. I think one of the great things about our city, Toronto, the great the Greater Toronto Area, is that we are sort of approaching that alpha city status. We are becoming this number one global city. In the world, uh, we're doing that because of some of the services we have—universities and, and healthcare and the center of finance for Canada—all these things that contribute to this sort of alpha city status. And as you know, um, demographically, people are moving into cities. So you know, we have a very open environment. Uh, we're very uh, sort of uh, we relate to other cultures, other people, and uh, because of that, we are growing at this sort of exponential rate.
2: And the affordability issue that you raised, Mark, I mean, that's been the forefront of all of these changes that have taken place, the stress test, the the changes that the government made a few years ago that, that pretty much crippled the market, but they didn't really address the affordability issue. And as we were talking offline about this new venture that you're part of, that it really enlightened me as to how much more we can do with affordability.
3: Sure. Well, listen, you know, I, I really believe that our world is traveling at light speed. We get this sort of exponential kind of growth that's happening. And so we have to really adjust, you know, how we think we're going to live in the near future. I mean, this is happening faster and faster. And, you know, when I was a uh, trip president, we used to say, you know, you drive till you qualify. If you only have X amount of dollars, you drive farther away to buy a house because you got to buy a house. That's what's important uh, to to survive, which I get, which is fair. The problem is that you're driving miles and miles away, and the stress that you have in the commute, the hour or two hours that you have to take. I know people that drive two hours to work and back, which is just nuts. So you want to live downtown, but what's preventing you from living downtown? Affordability, right? Things are just out, right. of, out of control. And also w- with that as well, it's it's what's you know, where is
2: the the market going and and how are people that are younger that want to move back into the city? How are they able to afford living in the city? Because everyone wants to be downtown where the center uh, the action is the center of the universe as we call it, and they can't really afford it and with the transit, uh, now being improved, it gives them a lot of options, but people still want to live right downtown.
3: Sure. And, and no matter what stage of your life you're living in, whether you're an uh, older person or a millennial or new, you know, young person, you, you want to be where the action is. You want to be able to walk to the theater. You want to be able to get groceries close by. Sure. You, you want those amenities, absolutely. right? You, you absolutely. Ha- we demand them. Um, and, and I've found over the last month and a half or so, I've been using the subway a lot more to get back and forth and work. It's fantastic. But it's an hour commute still, and I'm not even going that far, like High Park to Young and Lawrence. still 45, 50 minutes, right? Which is a hell of a long time. So, um, so I think that you know I, I look at real estate in Toronto as being something that's not likely to back down anytime soon. Uh, in fact, I, you know I always joke to uh, my friends who say, oh, you know I put an offer on this house, but I would never go over a certain amount. And I say to them, you know if I could go back in time and go back to all the places that I've been to where I said you're crazy, you're never going to get that money, I would have it right then and there, hmm. right, because prices are going up and they 're going to continue to go up so so really the 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 opportunity there is to understand that there are technologies that are coming down the road that were that hopefully will solve some of these problems
1: and you 're working towards a new type of home home ownership. Can you tell us a little bit about that yeah, for sure i mean here's the here 's the
3: thing if you want to live in in, uh, in Toronto, you have three op- opportunities you live with your parents. Mm-hmm. You rent or you own, and in that sort of owning uh, uh, sort of silo you can there 's co ownership which is sort of something that we 're hearing a lot of uh, there 's fractional ownership which not really you wouldn 't really see that much of right now because that 's really more of a cottagey type of thing. Uh, and that's about it. That's all your own choices. And what if I said to you, I have a fourth option that's gonna, you know, that's gonna change the world a little bit.
2: And as realtors, that's what we're supposed to provide is solutions for home ownership to our clients. And you know, hearing about this, and, and I want you to get into more detail now. But just hearing about this, as a dad of three kids, I'm thinking, what are my kids gonna buy? And my parents were probably thinking the same thing when I was buying a house for two hundred thousand dollars. And now I'm looking at these average prices of eight hundred, nine hundred thousand, thinking, what are my kids gonna? by and then, you know, share with us a little bit about your little project here and and how you see that playing a role in how my kids can afford a property.
3: Right. Well, this is how I explain it. So I have two kids and uh, and my wife says to me, you know, what we should be thinking about doing because our kids are probably never going to be able to buy in Toronto is let's go out and buy a couple of condos today and we'll rent them for the next 10 years. And I think, you know, well, that's a really fantastic idea. Here's the problem. I don't have $300,000 to go spend on two condos and I can't afford to take a loss every month for the next 10 years while I'm waiting. So what if there was another opportunity for me to get into the to get my kids into the market? And that's what Key Living is all about. Is trying to figure out what that other op- option is. So here's essentially here's how it works. Um, it it takes some of the some of the, the bits of REITs, it takes some of the bits of uh, fractional ownership and it combines them into something that's actually brand new, never been done before and essentially what it allows us to do is, is a very audacious plan to go out and buy whole condo buildings uh, and then the people that are living those units are not tenants, they're actually investors in our, in our business so it really allows them for $25,000 to go in and buy a condo. In the downtown core, so I look at it this way. I have my my son, for instance. Um, I could give him twenty five thousand dollars, which is probably doable. Uh, and what he would do is he would go and essentially pledge that twenty five thousand dollars into our company and effectively get uh, a stake in in the whole company, but get to have one unit in a building that's downtown. So let's say it's a one bedroom and a den. And what he does is he he rents out the den to a buddy and gets $1,000 a month, which is really affordable, uh, living in the city, hard to believe, but $1,000 is still pretty good. Um, and every month, that money goes back into, the, into Key Living and essentially keeps buying down his, his rent. So in a lot of ways, you know, you could sort of say, well, is it rent to own? But it's not really because you're not owning the unit. Yeah, you beat you're, me
1: to it because that's what I'm thinking is yeah, this rent to own.
3: It's not really. What it is is it's, uh, it's owning a piece of a giant uh, pie, and you don't get you're not owning the unit, but what you are doing is effectively getting tenancy or occupancy of that unit. And, and what you pay on a monthly basis is just slightly less what uh, what market rent would be, for instance. So, uh, but what it does is it allows you to buy down the, the monthly pay the monthly payment to effectively, you know, what base would be, which would be taxes and, uh, and maintenance fees.
2: And and we hear this a lot from our clients where they say, you know, I have about thirty dollars or $40,000. I don't have enough for a down payment on a home, right. so I'm just going to keep renting and wait until I have an opportunity to purchase. But this kind of combines, it's almost like the best of both worlds for them because they can take that money that they have saved up for a down payment, put it into key living, mm-hmm. still continue to rent, rent out a portion of the the apartment as well or the condo as well. And now, are there specifications as to who can rent out space or how much space you can rent out so, or qualifications? You
3: know, it doesn't allow you to go and just buy a unit and then rent it, right? You have to live in the unit. I mean, there are some some things. Yeah, And you, you hit a really important point. Um, uh, uh, element there, which is that when you're bu- when you're renting, you're on that sort of treadmill, and it's really really hard to get off, right? So people who are saving, I mean, these are perfect clients for us because we can say, look, come into our into our condo building that we have, effectively pledge your shares, your twenty-five thousand, to effectively get ownership ownership stake in our company and um, occupancy of the unit. You put that twenty-five thousand dollars in. If you want let 's say you get a, a bonus or you get a Christmas present or something and you want to throw a few thousand dollars in you can you can continue to do that, but over five years let 's say that twenty five thousand has grown proportionally to the value of the t- entire portfolio so there's so there 's some liftoff here, so this is a, a really great opportunity for someone who would love to buy a house down the road doesn 't have the one hundred thousand dollars but doesn 't want to just keep throwing money away to a, a landlord and help let the landlord pay down the mortgage this, they are in it.
1: And are there any restrictions if that person wants to move out or yeah, move on to another property?
3: And that's that's the beauty of the system is that really what we try to do is remove all the obstacles and all the friction that's involved with real estate. You know what those are, right? So I, I, buy, I buy into the unit. Uh, it's just an effortless transaction. And when I sell, you sell it back to us. So you just say, I want to I leave. Here and through a very, very simple app uh, on the phone, kind of like a wealth simple app, you can see on a regular basis what the value of your s- stock, let's call it, has gone up to. And you say, wow, my, my initial 25000 is now 40000 uh this might be the opportunity for me to go out and, and buy a house or buy a condo, a bigger condo or whatever.
2: And it's neat because it's almost, it sounds like it's forced savings. So, you know, when we're when we have people renting and, and they're putting down thirty thousand dollars in their account and trying to build that up and then all of a sudden they say, Wow, you know what, I really need that big screen TV and they go out and spend fifteen hundred dollars on a TV. This is for savings so it's it's already put into the condo, and it's a great way for them to keep building on that rather than have an opportunity to blow
3: it yeah exactly and in fact you know you put your twenty five thousand in you get you get ownership of uh, uh occupancy of this unit uh and you're you're tracking it on your on your very simple app uh, but it also allows you to to you know, if if that twenty five thousand has gone up to thirty thousand, you say, you know what? I really want to take a trip. I wish I had some extra money. You could just withdraw that five thousand from us. No big deal. Um, and it's done through uh, through what we call keys or tokens. So uh, on that system got one more question you said you were buying entire buildings
2: which right. buildings are you targeting i mean these are the formerly rental buildings or no, how so are these they?
3: are um so they're existing built they're not existing buildings they're buildings to be built so mm-hmm. our pipeline is right now it's three to five years away our so my job is to help try and build some uh, short-term inventory um but the idea is that you know essentially you know here's the here's one Two fundamental problems in the condo market in the downtown core, and this really goes to the point, which is, number one, from the moment you decide, I'm going to build a condo in this corner to the time the first person moves in, it could be eight years, right? Now, if you could shorten that that would be a really wonderful thing and it would save you a ton of money as well so save all the buyers the other problem is that the the construction period is just so long a lot of trades come into it that sort of thing and you think about again i talk about these powers of exponentials and i talk about you know having to think about what life is going to be like not two or three years from now but 20 years from now um you'll you'll get to that point in your head that says there's going to be technologies that are going to make these buildings much faster. In fact, SoftBank, which is one of the biggest uh, investors in new technology probably in the world, has bet a ton of money on automation in construction. So imagine, you know, instead of it taking two or three or four years to build a building, this thing is being built 24-7 with a skeleton crew that is just driving concrete and things and all this sort of stuff that's happening mechanically and the building is being built much, much quicker. So you're building, you know, nowadays everything's pretty much 40, 50 stories. You know, by the time you're pouring the concrete, on the 30th floor, there are people who are moving in on the first, second, and third floor. So it can happen much quicker. And this is great for people that may
2: have, you know, kids that may be going to university downtown or something in three to five years, because they could take that money in and pretty much get in on the ground floor, so to speak, right? Because by the time you guys start building these, it will probably be time for their kids to, you know, think about moving downtown. So.
3: And we're trying to solve that immediate problem, which is trying to to build uh, projects right now, we're trying things that are being delivered very soon to try and buy those ones right away, so that we can start, you know, testing this thing out and working on it quickly. But you know, really, what key living is about is about creating community, and I think that's really a really important part of it. Because right now, you're renting a condo, you're a, just a face of a, in a crowd, and wouldn't it be wonderful if you could fill these buildings with, you know, WeWork space and great gyms and a social club and restaurant and, you know, place to buy food. Um, And, and, you know, part of our our app um, is that you'll be able to, let's say, um, you know, have a dog walker come and take your dog for a walk. You can just do it from the app. You're sitting at a bar and you think, boy, I'd like to stay at another hour to take the, let the dog out, hit a button on your phone, boom. Uh, I want to book a car because, you know, we know that most people aren't going to be driving cars anymore, but what if we had car shares there, electric cars that are all plugged in and you wanted to use your car, you just book it on your phone. You want your phone, you want, um, uh, you know, your laundry done, you want food delivered, all this sort of stuff can all happen. And so we're creating this whole sort of living as a service um, ideal.
1: And how far away is this concept again?
3: Oh. <laughs> Great question. So our first building, uh, which we're really looking at, is right in the downtown core and we do want to stay in the downtown core I mean I think that you, you want to be close to major arteries you want to be close to transit you want to be close to you know hospitals and universities and and government buildings all those things are really really important um, but uh, I, I think that um, we're probably you know three three years out from our first big delivery uh, but my job right now is to try and build that sort of short term inventory so I'm talking to a lot of developers who are getting ready to deliver buildings and saying, hey, let me buy 20, 30, 40, 50 units in your building and try and work it that way.
2: Okay. What's the interest been like with, you know, are you, are you getting investors outside of people that will... It's it's almost like you're building not only affordable housing, but affordable communities. So do you have people that are going to share in the cost? Maybe these uh, the, the rideshare services or, you know, the dog walking services. Are they going to be investing in these projects as well to make it easier for the transition as you grow?
3: I think in the early stages you know it's a it 's a big ask, so we 're looking at a lot of you know wealth sovereign funds and pension plans are all going to hopefully help us uh, to get into this thing and get it driving um, so you know a lot of little details that need to get sorted out as we go um, but this has been about a year in in planning and we 're just now getting to the point where we 're talking to agents and you know the, the reality is is that a typical agent let 's say maybe have a thousand people in their database. Well, we know that on the bottom end of that database, there's, you know, maybe 50 or 60 that want to rent. And at the top of the database, there's probably, you know, four or five people that want to buy or sell. But in the middle, there's this huge group of people. And, and this morning, I was talking to somebody who said, uh, oh, my gosh, I have three or four clients that this is perfect for them because they want to get in. They, they don't want to waste money on the rental mill. They're really great people. Uh, and wouldn't it be great for me to, to get them into this program, let them rent for the next three or four years? And uh, and then they'll have the money to buy a house.
2: And, and something that we talked about in the first half of the show with you know how the stress test has reduced affordability. This is a great solution for that, Mark. If uh, people want more information, how do they get in touch with you?
3: Yes, shoot me an email. Uh, it's Mark M A R K at KeyLiving dot com.
2: Mark at KeyLiving dot com. Thank you very much for joining us, and we look forward to having you on again with some updates. Perfect. Love to. Thank you.
1: When we come back, we get to your real estate questions and this week's hot listing. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan. With REMAX Prime Properties, time now for our listener questions. And the first one comes from Connie in Markham. She wants to know, how much do you need to earn to afford a home in York region? Connie, great question.
2: And, and this is one for our mortgage brokers. I wish the other Austin awesome was here right now. But <laughs> uh, it there's so many different factors that you need to take into consideration when you're talking affordability. So it's not only... How much do you earn? But what's your credit score like? You know, uh, how long have you been employed? What type of property are you looking at? Is it detached? Is it a condo? Is it a semi or a townhouse? So once we have answers to all of these questions, so this is more of a, a sit down and it's it, because it's so personalized in terms of affordability. We need to find out the answers to all of these. It could be that you can afford a property by making $65,000 down, depending on everything else that comes into play, or you might need $90,000 or 100000 So it really is a very open-ended question, which it's, it's personalized. So we need to sit down and and qualify it for yourself personally.
1: Okay, moving on to our next question. It comes from Jay in Stoville. He wants to know if his credit rating will affect his chances of owning a home.
2: It sure will, Jay, and just as uh, the, yeah. the last question, this kind of ties in nicely because your credit rating will actually not only affect your chances to own a home, but even if it does qualify you to own a home, it could affect the rate that you're getting. So the better your credit rating, the lower rate that you would qualify for. So there's uh, again, we'd have to sit down, look at it and then be able to answer that properly. Awesome, are
1: okay if we squeeze in one more question? For sure. Okay, this one comes from Tracy in Richmond Hill, and she's hoping you can explain what it means to use the equity in your home. Can you help?
2: for sure so equity in your home is like hidden money so suppose that you purchased your home for $300,000 you've paid off about 100,000 of it and you owe $200,000 right now but your home has appreciated over the last 10 years and now it's worth 750,000 or $800,000 that difference between the 200 that you owe Plus, you know, and the difference between the 800000 that it's worth right now, that $600,000 is equity. That's money that you can use to invest in other properties or if you needed to uh, refinance, get a car. That's money that you can use. And if you were to go out and get a line of credit uh, with a bank, they're, they're called home equity lines of credit, you can actually use that to invest and get that money working for you because right now it's just sitting there dormant.
1: So what is Tracy's first step then? Talk to
2: her lender? Talk to your lender. uh, You know, give Asif a call on this show. He'll be back on in a week or two. And what he will do is qualify you because you can actually use up to 80% of that equity. So if you can use that and put it down on a, a new construction condo, all of a sudden now you've got that money making money for you rather than just sit there.
1: Asif, just before we go, this week's hot listing, what can you tell us?
2: This week's hot listing is going to be a coming soon property. It is so crazy hot out there. The market is ultra heated and we've, we've got properties that are, are coming up and selling within a day or two. But this one, it's a beautiful home in South Unionville, which is around the Kennedy and Highway 7 area. Great location. It's detached, three bedroom, three bathroom, and it's going to be going for under a million dollars.
1: And, and why? What's wrong with it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's a, you know, it's, it's such a, a great area. There's parks right around it, great schools, and you're surrounded. You're, you've got transit pretty much at your doorstep. It, there's nothing wrong with this house. It's just going to be priced very well. We may get into multiple offers. We may not. But if you're looking for a detached home to get into in the South Unionville area, keep your eyes out for this one.
1: And where can they keep their eyes out? Where can they connect with you?
2: Give us a call at 416 985
1: That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.